creating confusion, amplifying truth, and pursuing clarity. It's Kevin McCullough Radio. All right. uh, It's very obvious that the Russia-China connection is not only impacting things like the Ukraine scenario, and I think that our White House is being manipulated quite a bit by that, actually, uh, but it's it's gonna it's gonna impact other things. Uh, it's it's impacting the price of energy because a lot of the um, uh, Chinese purchase of Russian energy is being marked up and then resold to other countries. It's it's impacting uh, a, a number of fronts that the United States are negatively impacted by. Uh, here to discuss uh, just why is Erin uh, Walsh. She's the Senior Research Fellow for International Affairs at the Asian Studies Center at the Heritage Foundation. And you can find out more at heritage.org. Erin, um, how significant is the current cooperation that China and Russia are engaging in? And does it foreshadow what a lot of people are worried about? And that is ultimately a larger conflict than just Russia and Ukraine. Yes. Once again, Kevin, thank you so much for having me on the show. I think it's important to get a lot of the facts out there. I think as we approach tomorrow, the one-year anniversary of the invasion um, of Putin on Ukraine, I think it's it's really important to highlight a lot of this for the, for the U.S. Um, one of the main things is obviously in the fog of war and from the different media outlets, we're getting different information. So it's really hard to go through and, and try to see what's real. And I, and I would say that a lot of it is still in flux, but what we do know, what we do know is that China, which is our biggest adversary right now, China has really significantly, significantly begun to, to really back Putin and the Russians in their, in their, uh, play now, obviously uh, they are somewhat strange bedfellows uh, to be together at a time like this. But I don't know if people remember, but the, at, right after the Winter Olympics last year, three weeks literally before um, Putin invaded, they had a meeting and basically they said that their partnership would be unconstrained and that they would be together. So at the beginning of the war, we didn't see any arms sales that we saw uh, to Putin, um, but they had they didn't uh, deny or, or come out categorically against the Russians in any way, including at the Security Council. And so they really bought the line and started to uh, provide a lot of influence operations around the world, supporting the Russian narrative, which is that the U.S. is the reason that Russia had to go in and do this because of their interest in expanding NATO up to their borders. So I think that's what really started to kick this thing off. Well, as we are approaching that one year anniversary, how what what type of contributions is China now making to the Russian effort? So, I mean, I think if, if people were looking at some of the discussions that took place uh, during the meeting on the sidelines of the Munich Security Conference between um, Wang Yi and our Secretary of State Blinken, you would see that people were saying that the Chinese are now um, providing weaponry to uh, the Russians, navigation equipment, jamming technology, uh, jet fighter parts to sanction Russian um, government-owned defense companies, perhaps not weapon systems themselves or ammunition itself, but plenty to keep the war machine going. And as you mentioned oil earlier, they are getting oil at a very reduced price um, from Russia. So they 
they are really using this and it's being used to fund the war machine that Russia has has brought down on Ukraine. Where do we stand, given that the president's taking this, we're we're just going to do everything that Zelensky asks us to do approach? Austin has done the same, the secretary of defense, and said that there's nothing that will, you know, stop basically our coffers from supporting them and their fights are for survival and, and, you know, democracy in Europe. There is joint support. There is bipartisan support. What we do want to see, and certainly Heritage has demanded as well, that we see an accountability of where this money is going, because this is an unprecedented amount of money that is going towards uh, this fight in the Ukraine to support, you know, their, their freedom. But I will say that unless we... The problem is, is that the Biden, what we have sent has come too little too late. And so while we're spending all this money, when we've talked about the Abrams going over there, the tanks, those aren't going to get there for quite a while. So they needed to be there before this this winter slash spring onslaught um, that is going on right now. And so it looks like an unlimited check because. It's not just getting what he's asking for. I mean, we haven't even defined to the American people. What are they asking for and how long do we think this will take? I mean, right. the language that they're using is is very opaque and it's not good, you know, in, in longtime support for the American people, especially after Afghanistan and what we saw there. Yeah. No, it's, then this is the group I would least ever put in charge of something like that. Aaron Absolutely. Walsh, Senior Research Fellow to the Heritage Foundation, thank you for being with us today. We appreciate it. Thank you so much. Have a great you day. Got it. Kevin McCullough, coming right back. Don't go away.